Welcome to the Somos Church Podcast. We are so glad you're listening. This is Sergio. And Beatrice, and we're the pastors here at Somos Church. We hope you feel encouraged, challenged, and inspired today. We love you. Enjoy the message. So glad uh, to be in the room with you all today. We are going into week two of our brand new series called Blank Canvas. And, you know, we're excited about this word that God gave us in 2024, which is create. Can you say to your neighbor, create? And then turn to your other neighbor that you just ignored and tell them you create too. Right? God put us on this earth not just to survive. He wants us to thrive, but he put us on this earth to create. And I believe that we have this God-given responsibility to make the most out of our lives. And, you know, this uh, next couple of weeks, we're hoping to give you some tools so that you can begin to create the life that God put you on this earth to live. And uh, today I want to ask you a question. Have you ever outgrown something? Maybe it was your favorite t-shirt right? Or some jeans, right? You put them on and you're like, ooh, I don't know about this, right? Maybe you outgrew some preferences in your life, some taste, you know? Before I got married, I used to love to go to Applebee's. The oriental chicken salad used to be my favorite. And then I got married uh, to a person that eats a lot of tacos, right? And so he's like, I'm not doing Applebee's, right? So I had to outgrow some things, right? But outgrowing something is a natural part of life. You know, we um, have three kids. And when I had my my second son, Luca, uh, he was born on June 30th. And my birthday is August 2nd. And so Sergio began to ask me, hey, like, what would you like for uh, your, your birthday? You know, it's coming up. And I remember having this like specific pair of shoes that I had asked for my birthday. So it was the day of my birthday and I saw, you know, that gift coming to me and I was like, yes, it's the shoes, you know, and I opened them up and I put them on and I was like, why are they fitting me so tight right now? I was like, in my mind, I thought he probably got the wrong size, right? I look at the box and it's literally my size, but what I didn't know because I didn't experience this in my first pregnancy was that there is a hormone called relaxin, okay? And it literally relaxes ligaments of your body when you're pregnant, including your feet. So my foot grow, um, grew some inches, right? So I went to my closet and I'm like, are you kidding me? None of my shoes fit me. So it was a great time. I got to get a couple of pairs of shoes, right? But there are things in our lives, not just material things, but things that we have to outgrow in order to grow and to create the life that God has designed for us. Maybe you haven't just outgrown some material things, but maybe you've outgrown some friendships, some habits, some old mindsets, some insecurities, or some immaturity, or maybe you haven't outgrown it, but you know, right, that you need to outgrow it 
in order to create the life you love that honors God and that is thriving, there will be some things that you must outgrow. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child and I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. This verse emphasizes, emphasizes the idea of maturing and outgrowing childish ways as we progress in life. Today, can I challenge you to be willing to admit the areas in your life that you need to outgrow so that you can begin to create the new life with better things, with better mindsets and habits. But you cannot outgrow what you are not willing to admit. There's some habits you need to outgrow. There's some negativity that you need to outgrow, criticism, some fears, some attitudes. There's some ways of leading that you need to outgrow so that you can become the leader that God is calling you to be. There's some ways of managing your money that you need to outgrow in order for God to continue to entrust you with more. Maybe you need to outgrow the way you're taking care of yourself physically and, and you need to adopt some new health and, and wellness routines in your life. Right? Maybe you need to outgrow the way that you view your personal life and work and really ask God to help you balance that out. You know, we want the new so badly and we pray for God to do awesome things and we're constantly searching for more and the new, but we're not willing to put in the work that it takes. And what we end up doing is that we bring the old into the new, but unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. You know, when I first uh, got married to Sergio, before I got married, actually, I believed that I was a morning person. I was like, man, I'm so happy in the mornings. Like, I love life in the mornings. Like, it is amazing, right? And I just had this thought, this idea, because I was on my own, right? I would have my coffee. I'm chilling in the morning. And then I got married, and my husband would wake up with this smile, like, what's up, honey? Like, what are we having for breakfast today? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready for that energy right now, right? So I had to begin to switch some things and let go of some things that I used to do in my singleness in order to really enjoy and grow in my marriage. We end up bringing the old into the new. And here's the thing about that. We read in Luke 5, 36 through 39, and this is Jesus speaking. And he says uh, in the parable, no one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out, and the wineskin will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. 
And no one after drinking old wine, old wine wants the new, for they say, the old is better. Isn't that what happens in our lives? We're trying to create some new things. We're putting in the work, and as we're doing that, eventually we get tired, and what we end up doing is reverting back to our old ways. And today I want to encourage you and challenge you that you need the Holy Spirit to help you be consistent in the new things that God is calling you to do. You need the Holy Spirit to make you new, to give you strength to keep showing up, to give you strength to keep putting up the work. A a lot of us, we are giving up because it is so hard and it will always be hard when you're trying to do it in your own strength. You need God's help in order to fully step into the new. Growth is essential if you want to create the life you dream of. Your best life is on the other side of growth. But here's the thing, growth takes responsibility. It takes commitment, consistency, surrendering. The beautiful thing is that Philippians 4.13 says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So it is in you through God to live your best life as you lean on him. But here's the thing, growth will require you to stop looking backwards and instead look at today and ask yourself, what will I create today? Philippians 3, 13 through 14 says, No, dear brothers, I am still not all I should be, but I'm bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God is calling us up to heaven because of what Christ Jesus did for us. There are so many of us that we are still dwelling on the past, on how things used to be, on the good old days, or maybe we're dwelling on the past hurts, the past traumas that we're missing out on creating the life that God wants us to create today. And the thing about this verse is that it's so clear. It says, forget about it. Stop going over it. The fact that you keep going to the past is distracting you from creating your best life today. So I want to encourage you to let go of the old and pursue the new path that God is calling you to. And again, you're not doing it in your own strength. You are doing it with the help of the Holy Spirit. So today, can we just have this heart posture of saying, Holy Spirit, help me to forget the past, to let go of the old. Give me a new identity, a new vision, a new picture of what my life can be so that I can begin to create it. Now I wanna share with you today three practical things that you can do in order to create, to grow so that you can create. 
Now, I want to warn you because the first one that I'm going to propose to you today is one that is going to cost you, even as I, as I say it, it's going to be like, God, oh, I don't know about that. But I believe that if we can get this specific one, our lives are going to start to change for the better. So in order to grow so that you can create, number one, you must forgive. Unforgiveness can become a distraction in your life that stops you from creating, from dreaming, from envisioning, that stops you from enjoying the life that God has blessed you. There's so much that God has given to you. There are some prayers that you have prayed that God has answered in this season, but because of unforgiveness, you're not able to enjoy them. Maybe you would say, Beatrice, you don't understand. I can't forgive. I can't let go. Can I encourage you that that is God's will for your life, to forgive, to let go? I'm not saying that there's not some boundaries, right, and some things in place for you to put and, and figure out with God, but the thing about the bitterness and the unforgiveness is that it is stopping you from enjoying your life, and it's bleeding out into other areas. You know, many people think that forgiveness only benefits that person, so you think you need to hold on to that hurt, that offense, because they're not worthy of you forgiving them. But here's the thing about forgiveness. Forgiveness is actually for you. You are the main beneficiary of forgiveness. When you forgive, it sets you free. So can I encourage you today that you are able to live and create a life with real peace and real joy as you say, I am going to forgive. Not forgiving is costing you way too much. It's time for you to say, I'm going to forgive. And I want to give you four practical ways that personally have helped me when it comes to forgiveness and you know I, I know I'm throwing this huge thing right forgive but I want to give you some things that you can hold on to and the first one is when you want to forgive or maybe you don't want to but the first step is to make a quality decision make a good decision I am going to forgive and you can make that decision over and over and over again because you're not going to feel it at first, but it is a good decision. I am going to forgive. And as you make that quality decision, the second thing is that you depend on God. Fortunately, God gives us the strength to forgive and we can live a, a mindset and an attitude that says, God, I'm not going to be offended today. Keep me from unnecessary anger, right? If I'm mad at someone, show me who it is. Give me the grace to forgive them. And you start to depend on God in order to forgive. But first, you have to make that quality decision. I'm going to forgive. And then you're going to need the help of God and a dependence on God when those thoughts come, when you begin to remember the pain, 
when you begin to think about the things that they said to you, say, God, I'm depending on you. I'm making this decision. And the third thing when it comes to forgiveness is that you have to understand your emotions because your emotions are always flip-floppy, right? If you're always leaning on your emotions to make decisions, and that might not be the wisest thing, but when you understand that your emotions come and go, eventually your emotions will catch up to your decision to forgive. So number one, you make a quality decision. I'm going to forgive this person. Number two, you depend on God daily, hourly if you need to, to forgive. Then you understand that your emotions will eventually get behind that. And lastly, you pray for the people that you need to forgive. And this might be the hardest. This might be the one that takes you a little bit longer. But in Matthew 5, 44, Jesus commands us in saying, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Can I encourage you that this is ultimately for your benefit? God knew that we would come to seasons in our life, that we would face unforgiveness. So he had to leave us specific instructions and guidance in how to deal with this. You know, there was a, a specific relationship in my family and I um, completely, you know, was, was so hurt by this specific relationship. And what I did is I just put distance, right? I'm like, if I don't have to talk to them, if I don't have to see them, right, I don't have to think about it. But internally, I was processing, I was hurt, I was bitter, I was angry, I was frustrated. And, and one day, I, I just found myself in this place of, of just being stuck in life. And I'm like, I'm doing this, I'm, I'm serving God, I'm, I'm trying to make good choices. Like, why am I not growing? And God began to reveal to me that this unforgiveness that I was holding on to was exactly what was stopping me from creating, from enjoying, from being joyful. And I was missing out on the blessings that God had put right in front of me. So I set myself to this process. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to forgive that person. And when the thought would come, God, I depend on you. Give me the strength. Give me the grace to forgive that person. And then I began to pray for that person. And eventually I was able to release him in my heart. And, and from then I can honestly tell you that it's not a perfect relationship. So there's some boundaries that I had to put. But I saw the benefits in my own life. And I saw how the joy started to come back. And not only that, but I was able to create a different future for myself and now for my kids. Can I invite you to outgrow what you would naturally do in bitterness and resentment? Outgrow that and, and arrive at a new level of faith and trust and saying, God, I'm going to make this decision to forgive. In order to grow so that you can create number two, you must realize that God is in control. You know, I think so often, obviously we're in church, right? This is what we say, oh, God's in control. 
But then when you look at your life and how you manage your life, right, you can't really tell that your trust is in God. But when you realize that God is in control, it takes the pressure off of yourself. Trusting that God is working all things out, that he is restoring, that he's making things new. You are worthy of good things. You are worthy of a good life. You are worthy of God's blessings on your life. So in order for you to create, you have to have this at the forefront, God, you are in control. You know, I had this sense in, in my heart last week when Sergio announced, you know, the word of the year is create. I, I just had this sense that some of us in this room, when we heard that, we disqualified ourselves. Like, create what? I tried to create and I failed, right? Or maybe you thought I'm too old to create. What can I create now? That is a lie. God has envisioned you to create a life today that you can enjoy. Some of you guys immediately disqualified yourself from this message because of your past mistakes or past decisions or maybe because of your current situation. And you're like, there is no way that I can create anything out of this mess. But I want to speak into your life right now. You have the ability to invite God in, to live in peace and freedom and joy, not pondering on the past all the time, on what was or what you lost, and instead looking at your life and saying, God, thank you. And every day you can show up in your life and enjoy the life that God has given to you. Proverbs 16, 9 says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. That is a promise from God. Some of you, you've had certain plans and, and things haven't gone as planned. But as you trust God, you're establishing my steps. God, I'm doing my part. I'm going to allow you to do what I can't do. And as you embrace this great adventure of being led by the Holy Spirit and trust that he leads you day by day, you're actually able to enjoy your life. You know, this past Monday, uh, my kids didn't have school. And uh, so Sergio and I were like, okay, what are we going to do, right? We need to uh, get them out of the house because they have a lot of energy. And so Sunday night, we uh, put them to bed. And, you know, I, I put my son Luca to bed and he shows up, you know, like five minutes later to my room. And he's like, Mom, what is the plan for tomorrow? And I'm like, bro, you should be sleeping right now. Like, you do not need to know what the plan for tomorrow is. He's like, Mom, I need to know the plan. And we always tell him, we're like, Luca, just enjoy life. Like, it's going to be good, I promise, right? So he goes back to his room and Monday morning wakes up. He's like, Mom, what's the plan today? Like, what are we doing? And I'm like, Luca, relax. Like, Daddy and I have something planned for you. You're going to love it. And he's like, but where are we going? And so we get in the car. Are we there yet? Right? And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, all the plans that you have, you now kind of want to just like, 
oh, like you're frustrating me. We're just going to go home, right? But we didn't do that. Uh, so we, we, we get to uh, breakfast, you know, and he's having pancakes. And he's like, thank you, mom and dad. And he's like, what are we doing after this? And I was like, bro, relax. Right, and afterwards we took them to watch a movie and they were so happy and excited and I just grabbed this picture in my mind. Aren't we like that with God? God, what's next? God, I'm here, but okay, tell me, tell me the plan, God. And every day we're anxious, we're stressed, right? We're living in some answered prayers, but we're not able to enjoy them. Can I just encourage you to take the pressure off and trust that God is in control, even if it doesn't feel like it, even in your mess, even in your chaos, God is in control of your life. That is God's plan for us, that we would just sit back, do our part, put in the work, take the responsibility. But then God says, can you allow me to surprise you? Even when there's chaos or things aren't going as planned, you can experience peace. You can experience the peace of God in your life as you trust him. Can today, this week, we think and ponder on the fact that we can outgrow the thought that we are the savior. That if we don't do it, God's not gonna do it. Can we outgrow the thoughts of worry and fear and anxiety? And the moment that those thoughts come, can we begin to say, God, thank you that you're already moving. Thank you that you already have a plan. Thank you that you are in control. And as you do that, you'll create an enjoyable life for yourself and for the people around you. Because the people around you, they love you too much. They're not going to tell you that you're driving them crazy. But they are waiting for you to enjoy life. So can I encourage you to say, God, I'm going to grow in this area in order for me to create. And the last thing I want to encourage you to do in order to grow so that you can create is to keep creating in crisis. We are all going to face some sort of crisis this year. Maybe you're already in it. Maybe you are just like, there's no way I can create. Can I ask you a question? Will you be paralyzed by crisis or motivated by crisis? The best time to create is in the middle of crisis. James 1, verse 2 and 3 says, Consider it wholly joyful whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand that the trial and probing of your faith brings out endurance and steadfastness and patience. What is this verse telling us? Consider joy that you get to create in the middle of crisis. You get to readjust, redirect, refocus 
Nothing will make you readjust, refocus, see God like crisis will. We see this perfect example in the life of Noah. According to the Bible, Noah faced a significant crisis in the form of a global flood. In the book of Genesis, chapters 6 through 9, this narrative describes how God decided to flood the earth due to the craziness in humanity. However, God chose Noah to build an ark to save himself, his family, and a representative of every kind of animal. Genesis 6, 13 and 14 says, So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. So create. This is happening. God is calling you to create. During this crisis, Noah undertook this massive task of building this ark instructed by God. And this construction took so much time and effort. And the people were talking about him. What is this guy doing? Still trusting God. Why is he building? Why is he listening to God? Things are crazy. There's one crazy man by the name of Noah who chose to create in the middle of crisis, who chose to lean into God, who chose to allow God to use his life. He didn't know the outcome, but he had made a decision that no matter what, I'm going to trust that God is in control. When you wait till everything is perfect, you become the victim of your environment rather than the creator of your future. And so many of us were just waiting. Well, I'll just wait till that happens. I'll wait till she gets it together. I'll wait till he gets it together. I'll wait till I have the job. I'll wait till someone validates me. I'll wait till somebody tells me to do it. Don't become a victim of your environment. Today is the day to create. God has called you to create. No one else will do it for you. But with the strength of the Holy Spirit that says, Son, daughter, I believe in you. I have put you on this earth for such a time as this. Go and create the life that you dream about. There's crisis in your marriage. This is the opportunity to create. What are we going to do different? I'm going to forgive. I'm going to trust again. There's crisis in your parenting. This is the opportunity to create some structure. Okay, what we have done is not working. Let's create some structure. 
there's crisis in your finances, this is the opportunity to budget, to learn some tools. There's crisis in your business, this is the opportunity to put God first. Right? Maybe you've been doing your own thing. This is an opportunity to say this business is going to honor God first. There's crisis in your health. This is the opportunity to evaluate and say, okay, God, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to create the best healthy life I can live. You can become a passive passenger or a pioneer to create a different future. And I know, I know, I, I know that you want something different. I know that you want your kids to grow up in a better environment than you did. I know that you want the best for you financially. That's why you are here. You want a better life. You want peace. You want joy. It's in you. You cannot do it on your own. You need God's help. So today, I'm going to encourage you. Pick up that phone. Have the conversation. Forgive the person. It's time. It is time. It's time to stop looking at what was because you're missing out on what's right in front of you. You're missing out on beautiful memories with your kids, with your grandkids, with your friends, with your family, because you're so caught up on the past. So right now is the perfect time to create a new culture in your home, in your job, in your marriage, in your singleness. Your future is not created out there. Your future is created right here. What you carry inside of yourself is the world that you'll create. If you carry fear, anxiety, gossip, negativism, that's the world that you'll create and attract for yourself. If you carry inside of yourself bitterness and anger, that's the world that you'll create. But if you carry hope and joy and courage and compassion and beauty and wonder, that's what you will bring to the world. In the middle of the crisis, step back. Reclaim who you are as a daughter of God, as a son of God, and say, no more. Today, I am going to create my best life. It's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be what's best for me, my family, future generations and for those of you that have said I've lost too much I'm too far gone I'm tired of creating because I fail and fail for those of you that are lost in the past and what was I want to read to you Joel 2:25, and it is saying I will repay for you the years that the locusts have eaten the great locust and the young locust the other locust 
and the locust swarm, my great army that I sent among you. This verse is a promise of restoration. It is symbolizing this metaphor of God that he will repay to you the things that have been lost, the things that have been stolen from you, the memories that were taken away from you. And God says, I will give you more than anything that you ever dreamed or imagined. He makes all things new. He restores. He redeems. And He gives you everything back, but even better. Can you stand with me as we close today? Can I ask you for a couple of seconds to close your eyes? And this is a moment between you and God. And I believe this moment has the power to change so much in your life. Because some of us in this room today, we're going to make a quality decision to forgive. And you're not going to feel like it, your emotions, right? It's, it's going to seem unreal. But we're going to take the first step. Nobody looking around and if you're here and you would say, Beatrice, I need help to make this decision or I'm making this decision today in faith. Again, nobody's looking around. Can you lift your hand? So many hands up in this place. God, I thank you. I pray that you would help us to forgive so that we can create. God, there's some things that have marked us, God. Some words that have been said that we just cannot shake off. There's some memories that keep bringing us to this place, God, of sadness and hopelessness. So right now, God, we ask you to help us in faith to make a decision. We don't have to figure it all out right now. It doesn't mean that it makes it okay. It's just a decision that we will no longer carry this bitterness and unforgiveness in our hearts. So we thank you for the strength to do that right now pray for a group of people in this room if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life and you're ready for a new life you're, you're ready to live in peace with this sense that God is in control you'll never attain that if you don't have Jesus living in your heart so if you would say Beatrice I'm ready to make that decision. Maybe you've made it in the past. You walked away and now you're coming back to this life that God has for you. Again, nobody's looking around, but if you want to accept Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, can you lift your hand? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Church family, can we pray this together? Can you repeat after me? Jesus, 
I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I pray for a new boldness and courage to follow you. I repent from all the things that I've done that have not honored you. And I invite you into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. God, I thank you for every person in this room. I pray, Lord, that you would speak loud and clear, that this wouldn't be something that we listen to and we forget about it as we walk out, that you would bring conviction, God, to forgive, to let go, to create, and to trust in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church family, thank you so much for joining us today. I pray that you would have an incredible week and we'll see you next Sunday. If you enjoyed today's message, please subscribe, like, and share. It helps more than you know. Also, if you'd like to be a part of the Somos Church giving family, you can do so today by going to somoschurch.cc slash give. Thanks so much for joining us. We're praying for you and we hope you have an amazing day.